How many are just praying today for someone who needs healing? Let me see your hand. You're just praying for someone, maybe a loved one or whatever. And, uh, you know, during worship, I just felt prompted just to text somebody. They're not here today, but just really struggling with their health. And just really send them a word of encouragement. Amen. And how many know sometimes you got to do that and, and uh, just to really say, let them know we're believing God for the impossible. We're believing God for every report that has been said against you, every uh, sickness, every, every kind of uh, symptom that you have. We're believing the Lord to heal you. Amen. And so I wanted to just say that uh, it's so good to encourage somebody and pray and let them know you're praying for them. Amen. Who's struggling. And I know that uh, some of you know uh, such a, a wonderful uh, aunt of mine, Aunt Anne. She's struggling and she's really um, battling uh, a life-threatening disease. And, uh, but we're believing God for the impossible. Amen. We're believing God for healing. Amen. And I, I love her so much because uh, this particular aunt, many of you know Ann and Jack, and he went on to be with the Lord a few years ago. And uh, just an awesome couple. And she's just really struggling with her health. And... Um, and, you know, and, and there's been a doctor's report, but we're believing God for the impossible. Amen. And uh, love her because, you know, when I was 16 years old and just lost as anyone can be, uh, really confused and broken and uh, absolutely um, at my worst, uh, at the most deepest part of despair in my life, uh, I'll never forget. She said, called me up front one time. She said, I have a word for you. And I thought, oh, boy, I'm in trouble. You know, any, come on, anytime you're not doing well in the Lord, you come to church, somebody's always going to say something, right? And uh, I was like, oh, here we go, right? Get right, you know, Matt, you got to change your ways. But uh, she just said, I feel from the Lord to tell you, you're going to make it. Amen. Amen. How many have just looked back on your life and, and saw that the Lord met you in your deepest, lowest, come on, most desperate moments? We think that the Lord will show up when I'm the best, when I'm doing the best, when I'm really living right, when I'm all up and up and everything's right. And the, but how many know the Lord comes when you're in that cave, when you're in the grave, when you're, amen. And I don't care whether you're in a prison cell, in a hospital bed, in a drunken stupor, or in a basement on a binge. The Lord, amen, comes to us and he draws us to himself. Amen. Aren't you glad for that? Amen. I'm just so thankful for that. And thankful for people who really have a heart of God, who just see people in their need and hear the Lord speak and say a word, amen, that really just is in due season, as the Bible says. How many thank for that? So I'm so thankful for her and her life and, and what she did. And so if you're listening, Ann, I love you so much, amen. How many know that when we uh, get into the word today and we begin to uh, come to church, sometimes we always talk about being fed, right? We want to go to a church that's feeding us and uh, the word of God and we're growing in our faith. But you know, I thought about something about uh, feeding and, and the Bible says feed the flock of God. You know, we, every one of us, I think every one of us, most of us love to go to a real fancy schmancy restaurant, right? I mean, it's just gourmet everything and, and they've got the meat was like hand fed this and that and raised on this and this and they flew the, you know, the, the vegetables in from here and isn't that neat? But how many know most of us don't live on that? Most of us just live on the basic necessities, just that plain, right? Come on, whether it's rice and beans and broccoli and chicken, I don't know. You just live on that, right? Amen. And so this morning, we're going to get a little bit of that. Amen. Love the fancy stuff, but sometimes we just need the basic stuff to live. Amen. In Isaiah chapter 40, Isaiah chapter 40, verse 30 and 31, very familiar passage of scripture. 
My wife and I had really the privilege, really was, and the honor to be um, at Blue Ridge Chapel last week and love that church, love Pastor Luke and Liz and everything they're doing there at the Bible school and at the church. And uh, while we were there, we actually preached at a conference with uh, Pastors uh, Danny and Jill Dillon from Rock Church of Franklin, great friends, awesome people. Uh, we're going to have them here in September, by the way. I need you to mark your calendars. So they're going to be amazing. Um, but he really preached on something um, from Isaiah 40 and really just struck a chord in my heart. wanted to share that today. In Isaiah chapter 40, verses 30-31, a very familiar passage of Scripture. Even the youth shall be faint and grow weary, and the young men will utterly fall. But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They will mount up with wings as eagles. They will run and not be weary. They will walk and not faint. You see three things here, the example of soaring, running, and walking. In Psalms chapter 1, turn or click there with me, Psalms chapter 1. Again, this is a very familiar passage of scripture, and the writer here is opening up the book of Psalms by saying this in verse uh, 1 of chapter 1. Blessed is the man that walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, stands in the way of sinners, or sits in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord. And in, in that law, in his law, he meditates day and night. We see three examples here, three analogies here of walking, standing, and sitting. Amen. So I want to just talk to you today about your walk with the Lord. Our walk with the Lord or the walk of life. Amen. How many know that what you wait on and what you delight in either can be, bring you strength or defeat? Amen, right? So what you wait on and what you delight in can either bring strength or defeat. Is that right? Is that what the Bible says? Let's pray today. Father, we just thank you for this wonderful time of being together. Such an awesome presence of the Lord that's here with us, Lord. We thank you that, Lord, as we worship and as we bless you, Lord, you begin to do amazing things among us. Lord, you heal. You, you, you just touch us, Lord. You, you do some things in our heart that nobody else can do. We just thank you for that. And as we get into your word, your word does the same thing. It's amazing. And so I'm asking, Lord, as we just share today, that you will encourage by your spirit, you will build the saints up today, the children of God, people of God, the Christians before me today, that Lord will just be encouraged in our faith, strengthen our faith, and we'll encourage someone else before we leave here today. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. It's in your walk, isn't it? It's in our walk. Our, it really starts with our walk because your walk speaks of your uh, journey and really where you're going and the path that you're taking. It speaks of the choices that we make. When we talk about the walk and walking with the Lord, we talk about our destiny and the journey to get there. And every one of us are on that journey. And every one of us are walking. Amen. You're either walking with the Lord or you're walking away from the Lord. You're walking uh, on your own or you're walking with God. And I believe the Lord is calling everyone to walk with Him. Amen. How many believe that? Amen. But here we see the, the, the two um, scriptures here that are really talking to us about walking with God in this present world. And really what it is is that spiritual strength comes by trusting God and following his word. This is what the writers are trying to communicate. Isaiah is saying it as well. He's saying that there's a whole generation and I'm surrounded by people that are discouraged and out of strength. And, and they're depressed and filled with an anxiety and fear. He said, but there's a key here and something that I'm going to tell you. And he's saying, we've got to wait on the Lord. This is where we get our strength. There's strength in your walk. 
How many know it starts with your walk? Amen. And how many know the Lord wants to give you strength in your walk? Amen. Again, we're talking about broccoli and chicken today. Basics, right? Amen. Walk with the Lord. And so God's way and God's word are the strength of your walk. How many believe that with all your heart? Amen. God's way and God's word are the strength of your walk. Amen. In your journey. That's the strength. That's where the strength come from. You know, and I've realized this about the word of God is that what keeps Christians ineffective in our culture is not the lack of information of the word, but it's usually the lack of courage in the word. It's usually the lack of courage to live out the word. It's usually the lack of courage that we find in ourselves when we look around and see society and we see what's going on and we see our situation. Come on, we kind of get discouraged, get depressed, we look inside and, and next thing you know, we lack courage to live out the word. We lack that courage to live as the scriptures teach us to live. Amen. Some of it's ignorance, but some of it's just we don't have that strength. But how many know if we wait on the Lord, if we walk according to the word of God, we'll find strength in our walk. Amen. We'll found, find strength in no matter what season we're in, what situation we're in, what society is doing. I believe that there is strength in the, when you walk with the Lord. Amen. When you walk with God, there is strength. And this is what he's promising. He's not just saying that you might have it. He's promising in every situation, in every season of your life, no matter what society is doing, you can have strength in your walk. Amen. How many believe that? I believe that with all my heart. Looking back at Isaiah chapter 40 in these two chapters, looking at these and paralleling these, Isaiah chapter 40, those that wait on the Lord, the people that wait on the Lord. And we can break that down and, and we can talk about prayer and my goodness, there's so many good things there about waiting on the Lord, but it really simply means confident expectation and active hope. That's what it means. I have a confident expectation of the Lord. I mean, how many have that confidence in the Lord? I just have this confident expectation and active hope in the Lord. Those who expect from the Lord. Those who look for and those who hope in the Lord. What does it say in Isaiah 40? It says that you're going to soar, you're going to run, and you're going to walk. Amen? How many know that when you soar, you run and walk, and it talks about it, really what he's talking about, he's talking about a spiritual transformation that happens in your, with your faith. Amen. This is a result that faith brings. It's something that happens when we begin to walk by faith. There is a spiritual transformation. Amen. Come on, soaring, running, walking. I mean, just look at that transformation that happens. He said that you're going to mount up with wings as eagles. You're going to run and not be weary. You're going to walk and not faint. Amen. When you wait on the Lord, when you have that confident expectation and active hope in the Lord. Amen. I love that. So look at these words of soaring. It means to, to rise with wings as eagles, as one of the translations says. And I like to think of it this way, a couple neat ways to look at this, and that is when you seek, you soar. That's what he's saying. When you seek the Lord, you'll begin to soar. Amen. You'll begin to look at your situation in a different light. You'll begin to be able to get above the emotions and, and some of the feelings that are going on. Come on. In that situation, you'll begin to look at it in a different viewpoint. You'll begin to soar above it. That's what an eagle does. Amen. And uh, I don't know about you, but you've never seen an eagle just walking on the ground all the time. They'd rather soar. Amen. He said that you wait on the Lord, that when, when you seek the Lord, you will soar. 
In soaring, it speaks of vision, it speaks of strength, and it speaks of freedom. You're free from the oppression of that situation. Amen? Even though you're still in it, you're free from the effects of it. Amen? The damaging effects of it, the, the weakness that it brings, the discouragement that it brings. You don't have to come under that. Aren't you glad for that? When we seek the Lord, we can soar. Amen? Come on, look at somebody and say, when you seek, you'll soar. Amen? And it means that when, when we spread our wings and soar like eagles, that's what it's talking about, we'll rise up like an eagle does in the sky. But there's something very interesting, and just wanted to throw this out as a side note. When, when I'm reading some of these translations and the commentaries, they actually begin to define it this way. That people that wait on the Lord will begin to be like eagles that grow new feathers. Speaks of a, a molting process when an eagle is young and he develops his feathers and he's constantly shedding old feathers and getting these stronger, brand new feathers. How many know there's a transformation that happens when we wait on the Lord? When we seek the Lord, when we run after Him, when we, de when we desire His way, amen, and His word, there's strength that comes. That's what He's saying, amen. How many believe that with all your heart? There's strength. Some of you need strength in your situation, and so you need to say, Lord, I'm going to wait on you a little bit more than I did yesterday, amen. Because there's that vision that comes, and that strength that comes, and that freedom that comes. There's molting feathers, or these sprouting new wings, as one translation says. Amen. You get stronger and stronger. Isn't that what the Bible says? Amen. That the righteous get brighter and brighter. They get stronger and stronger. We go from faith to faith, from glory to glory, right? We, there's a spiritual transition of strength. Amen. When we wait on the Lord. Then he uses the word run. We'll run and not be weary. Amen. I like to think of it this way. When you hope, you win. When you hope, you win. That's what he's talking about here, running. Running is, is he doesn't say, uh, Paul, especially in 1 Corinthians, talking about the, the race of life. He says that we need to run to win. We don't just shadow box and we don't pretend. He said we're running to win. And what is our prize? And that is Jesus Christ and all that he has for us. So he said you'll run and not be weary. Somehow my wife and I managed to raise four boys and all of them have run <laughs> in high school and, and, and junior high school. Somehow. And they all like, oh, you guys were runners. We're like, uh-uh, no. They just run. You know, maybe they were just so used to chasing each other around the yard and, or just running from trouble and hiding from us. I don't know. But they were good runners. And so, but one of the things that as a, we've, we've seen them in their life and, then, uh, and just been in that sport, we understand that there's, there's not this quick running, this, this uh, you know, the sprinting. That's, that's easy, you know, kind of like you just run and you don't really get weary. But it's the longevity. It's the endurance run. It's the long races that you have to really be mentally strong. Amen. Not just physically amen, in shape and condition your body, but how many know it takes such a mental focus, amen, to run a length, amen, such length, like the Boston Marathon a couple weeks ago, amen, and all that goes into it. You think, ah, oh, these people are crazy running 26 miles. Some of those people do it like every week. They're crazy. I heard of one guy who's like, I'm addicted to running. I run like 20 miles a day, and I'm like, wow, what a cool freak. But he's still a freak. Anyways, I'm like, that's crazy. But yet, he talks about this mental toughness, this mental strength that he's constantly working in. And how many know as a Christian, it takes mental strength to serve the Lord? 
But aren't you glad that when you wait on the Lord, He'll give you that mental strength, that, amen, endurance, amen, to make it through that situation, not to quit, not to run away, but to run towards, amen, the giant, to run towards, amen, the prize, as Paul said. And whatever I have to go through to get there, I'm going to go through it because, amen, the prize is the high calling that's in Christ Jesus. What God has for him, he's on the other side of this. Amen. And so he said, I'll run. And the promise is that you'll run and not be weary. Running speaks of purpose. Amen. Uh, you know, many of you have ever, our sons were involved in cross country. And many people thought that cross country means to run aimlessly. Right? They just kind of run. But there's a goal there. There's actually a trail that they follow. And there's actually, you know, people look like they're just running all over the place, you know, and it's aimless, you know, whatever. But how many know there's a goal there and there's a purpose there? Running in the Word always speaks of purpose. Amen. We run to win. We run towards the Lord. We run after the Lord. It speaks of passion. It speaks of our hearts. What's really in our hearts. Come on. What we really desire. What we really want. Amen. David said, I run hard after you, God. Amen. Some people run hard after success. They run after a name. They run after riches. But the Bible says that our priorities need to be right and straight. And when we line up with God's way and God's word, all of a sudden we find ourselves running. Amen. Not just this race with endurance, but we run with a purpose. Amen. And how many know when you set your face towards the Lord, amen, he gives you that passion. Your passions are right and your priorities are right. Amen. And we're running after the Lord. The Bible says they'll run and not get weak. They'll not need rest. They'll never get winded. Amen. Have the, uh, just have a, a fun time really in the summer riding with a group, a, a, a bike group here in Williamsport. And uh, I, I just love riding with the, the people that I ride with because uh, most of them are like older than me. And so, you know, I, if, I, if I can like beat them, I'm like feel really good about that. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. But you know what's funny about this is as I, I got into this group, I realized that so many of these uh, people they're over 60 they are in such great condition they are accomplished athletes and it takes everything in me to keep up with them sometimes and I think about the years that they put in into that endurance training into that practicing into that lifelong journey of conditioning themselves Amen. How many know, I, th I think that's exactly what the Christian life is about. That's exactly what it's about. Amen. And being conditioned and never tiring out. I mean, here it is, like, we're going up this little hill, you know, one of the first times I went out with this group, and again, this is 60-plus group, most of them, and, uh, and we're riding, and I'm like, at first, I was like, yeah, okay, I'm going to, like, really get, you know, I'm going to be leading this group, no problem, you know, and everything. We're halfway up, we got to this hill, and I'll never forget, I was, like, so winded. I was, <gasps> and I was like, you know, everything, and I look over, and there's this older woman, she's, like, in her 70s, and she's like, are you ready? I'm like, no. Okay. Need hospital. Got to get some oxygen. I need, I'm going to call paramedic. So you, never winded. Can you imagine being a Christian that you can run through problems and situations and seasons of life and not get winded? You're not going to, uh, I want to stop. I want to quit. I need to rest. But God gives you the grace and the strength to keep going. Amen. You run and not be weary. You walk and not faint. I like to think of it this way. When you wait, you move. The more you wait on the Lord, the far, it's almost like the steps you take. The more steps you take in God. There's a forward motion when you wait on the Lord. 
It's not lazy to wait on the Lord. Come on, somebody. It's not irresponsible to wait on the Lord. It's not sitting back and just saying, well, God. No, what it is is it is a slow progression, amen, of waiting on the Lord. When you wait on the Lord, you move. Amen. God moves you forward. Walking with the Lord is a path of faithfulness. It's really this uh, discipleship that we're in with Jesus. We're following him. Come on. Whatever he's saying, we're doing. Whatever he's speaking, we're listening to. I mean, it's just that journey of following the Lord. Amen. And how many know as we sang today, even if you go through the fire, he's still there. He's not going to leave you. Amen. He's with you. And so it's walking with him. And, uh, and that really the faith to continue to go with the Lord through these situations in any season that we find ourselves in. They'll walk and they'll not get tired. And I like this translation says this, they won't lag behind. <laughs> they won't lag behind. Sometimes we get in situations and we're in life and we think that you're lagging behind. Maybe spiritually you think everybody else is growing and doing this for God and doing that for God and being blessed over here and blessed over there and, and I'm just lagging behind. But how many know the promise is that you'll walk and you'll not lag behind? Amen. God will keep you in his steps. Amen. God will keep you in the steps that you need to be in. Amen. For what he's doing in your life. Aren't you glad for that? So how many are thankful for the soaring and the running and the walking when we wait on the Lord? So God's way and God's word are the strength in our walk. Amen. But what hinders our walk? So what hinders our walk? Many of you are wondering why I read Psalms chapter 1. I read it for this reason. What hinders our walk? Well, as Psalms chapter 1, verse 1 and 2 said, there is a walking, there's a standing, and there's a sitting with the ungodly. This hinders your walk. This is spiritual erosion of faith. David is writing this, and he begins to say, this is really what he's saying is, is that if you delight yourself in the law, in the law of the Lord and the, the word of God, then this, this is what you don't do. Because if you do these things, it's erosion in your faith. And so walking and standing and sitting is what he's giving this example of. It's walking after, it's standing with, and it's sitting beside the ungodly. He uses three terms here. He says the ungodly, those that don't know God. Sinners, those that are ignorant of God. And then the scornful, those who reject God. Amen? Think about it. So don't walk after them. Don't stand with them. Don't sit beside them. That's what he's saying. Come on, is that what he's saying? I'm not making it up. But he's, he's literally saying, look, this is spiritual erosion. Just like soaring and running and walking, amen, after the Lord, that's going uh, to bring a spiritual transformation of your faith. Well, all, all of a sudden, then he's, and, and, and this writer begins to show us a picture that walking and standing and sitting with the ungodly could actually bring an erosion to your faith. Amen. Well, we'll talk about it. First of all, the word walk here, he's talking about don't walk in the counsel of the ungodly. You can break that down as much as you want to, but it really is about the wrong direction. You don't go in the wrong direction. Don't walk in the wrong direction. Amen. Don't make wrong choices. Don't do wrong actions. Amen. So he's saying that, that you... You don't walk on your own way. You don't go by your own desires. You walk with the Lord. How many know that? You walk with the Lord. You, your walk in, in God becomes weak when you begun, begin to walk after your own desires. And after the flesh, the Bible says. Come on. I had you a few minutes ago. Need to stay right here. Walking on our own or, or going on our desires. The Bible says there's a way that seems right to a man, but the end of that way is 
death. Broad is the way that leads to destruction. The Bible says all we were like sheep. We've gone astray. Everyone has gone their own way. And the Lord has laid on Jesus the iniquity of us all. What is the iniquity of us all? Going our own way. Worshiping our own gods. Going after our own desires. Come on somebody. Amen. He said don't walk after the counsel of the ungodly. Or Yes, it means advice. Or it means the The patterns, the example, the system of the world, do not walk there. Because if you start walking there, you're going to go in the wrong direction, you're going to make wrong choices, you're going to have wrong actions, and then you're going to find yourself walking away from God. Amen? And then you're going to be walking away from His Word. That's really where it starts, because He says, if you delight in the Word of God, This is what you need to avoid. So how many know the more you walk in the counsel of the ungodly, the more you avoid the word of God. The the less likely you are living the word of God. Uh Uh-oh. Amen? And reading the word of God. And then he says don't stand in the way of sinners. Standing with sinners or in the agreement or understanding. That simply means this, the direction of thought and ideas. The philosophy of the world. Said, so don't stand in that. Don't stand there. Don't get in that path. It means to stand in the pathway or the road that the ungodly are taking, the where, where they're going. And it speaks of this mentally, where we're going with our ideas. Romans talks about that they had a knowledge of God, that, that, but they purposely laid that down, rejected that knowledge of God in their minds and did their own thing, Right? He says, don't do that. Don't. And he said, and, and also, as you read this, and he's looking, and, and in fact, the, the first seven chapters complement and, and, and really agree with this, this uh, thought here of not walking or standing or sitting with the ungodly. Read it. It talks all about it. I don't have time to get into it. But he, he just says that really it's not standing up for what's right. How many know when you really don't stand up uh, for the, on the Word of God and not the principles of what the Bible teaches, you're not going to stand up for what's right. That's just the way it is. He said don't go that way because soon you're not just going to be walking in the way the counsel of the ungodly. Now you're going to be standing or making these decisions in the way of the ungodly. Or you're going to be standing for what's right or for what's wrong, not what's right. You're going to find yourself being afraid to stand up for what's right. Because you're standing in the way of sinners, right? You're going to find yourself, don't go in that way, don't walk that way. And then he says to sit in the seat of the scornful. Very interesting, to sit in the seat of the scornful. Notice the pattern, the progression here, walking, standing, sitting. Think about that. Where you're going from a forward motion to a sitting down, right, position. Where now you're not even doing anything. Now you're not even moving forward. Now you're, not even, now you're in a restful place. In other words, you're saying, this is what I believe. This is where I stand. This is where I've come to the conclusion about life and about God. Think about it. Sitting in the seat of the scornful. Right? So that means that, you, again, it's it, you being indifferent or rejecting is what it's talking about. Not just sitting at the table of indulgence, as the writer is here saying, but he's saying that you're sitting in the company of mockers. You're resting with the disrespectful, and as one translation says, shallow thinkers about God. 
Don't join those who are sneer at God and have no use for God. Don't sit with those who laugh at the truth and who take pride in deconstruction. Come on. And who take pride in mocking Christians and who take pride in casting doubt on the Lord Jesus Christ. Don't sit with people like that. Don't find a resting place with that kind of company. Amen. You have been called out of that company. You don't go back and sleep with that company. Uh Uh-oh. Don't sleep and sit with that company. Don't get comfortable in that way of thinking. Don't even in that way of talking about the Lord. When you get scornful about God, yes, you may have had some brokenness and bad experiences in church and with the Lord, but don't sit in the place where you're scorning God. He said you need to you know, avoid this way. He said the only way that you're going to avoid it is following the Word of God, delighting yourself in the Word of God. Amen? Not criticizing the word, not picking it apart, not judging the word, come on, but living according to the word of God. Amen? And so we have to, can't look at both of these without looking at a comparison. Both scriptures, both scriptures that we read today talk about one thing. They have one thing in common, and that is your walk. Right? Soaring, running, walking. Walking, standing, sitting. The walk. Your walk is so vitally important. Amen. And every decision, every, everything we do has everything to do with our walk. But the Lord is saying, the Lord saying here through the scriptures is that we need to choose His way and His word. And when we do that, He'll give us strength. He'll give us strength. That's where our strength lies in waiting on the Lord. When you wait on God, you can soar, you can run, you can walk with strength. That's what Isaiah is saying. And Psalms is saying this. When you trust in God's word, you don't need to walk, stand, or sit with the ungodly because there's another way you're going. There's another place. There's another system or kingdom that you belong to. Amen. And he's saying this, you can walk with God no matter the season, no matter the situation, what society is doing, you can walk with God. Amen. I like to tell that to young people. It doesn't matter what's going on in culture. It doesn't matter whether they're making it illegal to believe in God. You can still walk with God. It doesn't matter whether they're putting so much pressure on our families and our teenagers to conform to the image of this world and to the system of this world. We can still walk with God in this culture. Amen. Amen? We can still walk with God, and that's what he's saying. And so the comparison is is that with God, you can walk in faith. In the world, you walk by your own desires. With God, you run in victory. In the world, you stand in sin. With God, you soar with strength, but in the world, you sit in ridicule. That's the difference. God's way and God's word is the strength of our walk. Amen? And notice something else. I love this because he's actually giving a picture of the complete righteous person. I didn't say perfect person. I said righteous person. And we're righteous in Jesus Christ. Amen. The complete righteous person. What is that? That is one who is in the world and unaffected by the seasons, situations, and society. Someone who can be in the world. Someone who can actually be, read Isaiah. He's talking about those who are in this, this, uh, the world where it's troublesome, where it's fearful, where it's, it's without God. And you get weary in those things, don't you? You get wor- weary in that kind of atmosphere. Does anybody get weary, discouraged, amen, in, that, in the kind of culture we're living in? Anybody? Come on, you kind of almost get a little run down. You get weakened. You get whatever. He said, but they that wait upon the Lord will get strength in their walk. 
they're going to have strength. When other people are falling to the side, when other people are bending and bowing, amen, and crumbling, you're going to have strength. You're going to soar. You're going to run. You're going to walk. Amen. When you wait on the Lord. This is the complete righteous person, the Bible is saying. And notice what he's also saying. He's given us this deeper involvement of sin and unrighteousness in Psalms. He says when you get deeper in sin and unrighteousness it gets harder to get out because you're there you are walking and and then all of a sudden you start standing and with and you start believing and you start uh, taking these things on as your own belief and then you just find yourself sitting among scornful people against the Lord wow but then he also gives the the the, the contrast to that is the deeper involvement with God in this truth The more you get involved with the Lord, the stronger you'll be. The more you get involved in the Word of God, the more wisdom you'll have. The more, come on, and he actually says this. It's actually a picture of the blessed and prosperous life that God gives us. This is what he's saying. He's not saying, don't do this, don't do this, it's a bunch of rules. No, what he's saying is, here's the way to prosperity. Here's the way to blessing. Blessed is the man that puts his trust in the Lord. Is that what he says? Amen. He didn't say curse it. He starts out with blessed. You are a blessed person. This is the key to righteous. This is the key to blessed and prosperous life is when you put your delight in the word of God. When you seek after God, when you wait on the Lord, you will soar, you will run, you will walk. Amen. Amen. And you're not going to do it like the rest of society without God. You're going to do it in strength. Amen. His delight. Just a few more things. His delight. Notice that in Psalms 1. His delight. Or the person's delight. Our delight. Our passion. Our priority. Come on. Our faith. Our trust. Our delight is in the Lord. Amen. That's my passion. That's my delight. That's where I find it. Yeah, we do a lot of cool things. We've got a job. We've got a career. We've got family. But really, my real delight is what he's saying is in the law of the Lord or is in God. That's my true passion. That's my true delight. That's my, where my priorities lie. And he said, when that happens, then you will begin to find the Lord will give you strength. And you'll feel like you're soaring. Amen. You'll feel like you're running and not getting tired. And you'll feel like you can walk through anything and not get faint. Amen. Because you're trusting in the Lord. And God's way, in God's word, brings strength to your walk. How many believe that today? Can we stand on our feet? Amen. So by trusting the Lord and studying the Word of God, these are the foundations of meaningful and prosperous life, the Bible says. Amen? It's all in your walk. Years ago, we preached a message on discipleship and said, it's all in your walk, so watch your step. Amen? Amen. But how many are walking after the Lord today? I want to walk after His Word. Just a few things in closing that Isaiah says that there's this opportunity. Isaiah talks about this opportunity to grow tired. There's this opportunity to get discouraged and get depressed and, and, and be filled with anxiety and fear. He, he said that there's this opportunity and then, he, and then he says, but, but those who wait on the Lord, those who trust and follow the Lord will have strength for their walk. There's an opportunity every single day to get discouraged, to get depressed, Come on, whether it's by your situation, whatever season you're in, or whatever society is doing, there's every day, but Isaiah says this, but listen, there is just a, a better opportunity. There's a, more, there's a greater opportunity to get strength from God. 
to move in the grace of God, to empowered by the Lord. Come on, there's a greater opportunity in every day, as he's saying, and, and that is this, wait on the Lord. Seek the Lord. Turn your face to God. Walk after Him. Amen. Let everything be about Him. And then you're going to find yourself soaring. And come on, when other people are walking, you're going to find yourself running. When other people are standing, you're going to find yourself walking when other people are sitting. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. So don't focus on the struggle. Focus on His strength. Don't focus on sin. Focus on His goodness. Don't depend on the system of the world. Build on the kingdom of God. That's what he's saying today, isn't it? When you wait on, and whatever you wait on, and whatever you delight in, that can bring strength or defeat. I don't know about you, but I'm choosing strength today. I'm choosing strength today. Spiritual strength is built by trusting God and following His Word. I love, love, love this scripture in Psalms 34, 8. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man that trusts. In Him. I put my trust in you today, God. I put my trust in your word today. Because when I do that, no matter what I'm going through, whether they're facing this culture and society, we can have strength. Come on. We can have strength and not weakness. Amen. Father, we just thank you for your word. Thank you that your word just brings, as the writer of Psalms says, light. <laughs> it just brings a, a light to a better way. Lord, to the way. And we just thank you for that, Lord. I, I pray for those who are discouraged today. I pray for those who are struggling with depression and anxiety and fear and those who have just been feel that they're just being swallowed up by their situation and culture and what's going on in society. Lord, I pray for their strength. I pray that you would strengthen them by your word, Lord, through the spirit of God today that we would be strengthened, Lord, that we can, amen, begin, continue to walk this walk out with strength. Walk it out in our faith and let our faith be strong. As Paul prayed for the churches that we would grow and increase and mature in our faith, let us be like those eagles that continue to get new feathers all the time. And those feathers are stronger than the other ones we had before, Lord, that we can soar, run, and walk. Amen. With strength with you today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Can we give the Lord a hand today and just thank God, amen, for what he's doing, his goodness.